You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. But this is a compelling conversation already, so fuck it. I'm like, this is good. Stop. Something good for ya. And welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sit through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me is the one and only Captain Nunn. What's up, y'all? And joining us this week is the couch potato himself, Chris Morrison. It's going to get fucking real. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. This is going to get so fucking sad and real. I know. (laughs) We're talking about the end times and shit like that. Immediately roll into it. We can have a little. It's bit over, of a break. man. It's over. Okay. We, we can eventually it's roll into over. it, but we we, like, we can roll into that. We can roll. I'm in. buying bullets and selling crack again. I'm not. I'm not stopping. I mean, <laughs> Morsifer Jones returns. You mean freedom seeds? Freedom seeds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of that, I played. I played uh, Far Cry Four. Uh, not long ago, and I forgot that it had my favorite video game character in it, a guy named Longelees, which is this uh, black guy from Africa who's he's a gun dealer, and like he has like the most batshit insane things about guns. He's like every gun is a Bible, and every bullet <laughs> is a verse, oh and I'm God. just like. Yes, that should be a fucking tattoo. That's Why some, am I not getting that tattoo? That's some Lord of War <laughs> shit with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> we just call it Warlord. I like my turn. <laughs> but no, every, my gun is, every gun is a Bible and yes. every bullet a sermon. I'm just like, true. Say, <laughs> like, welcome to my church. This is my gospel. <laughs> Here, this is the church. And this, this is, is all s- the people. <laughs> <laughs> I open up the door and go, tap, 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 tap. Motherfucker. <laughs> Where are all the people? <laughs> Dead or in hell. Dead or in hell. <laughs> I hope those tent walls are strong. <laughs> is this tent made of Kevlar? <laughs> oh, Isn't that what y'all anyway... Yes. Anyway. <laughs> no, that Alex was, good. was saying something. No, no, I wasn't. I was letting you roll. Fuck it. That was good. <laughs> was that what y'all were playing at the rim? Was it Far Cry uh, Four? It's five. That was, was five. that was the okay. uh, motherfucker. God damn it. No, no, it's the same, it's the same fuck. It was a cult. Is a is a, a multiracial cult. Fuck Montana, which isn't true. <laughs> Everybody knows all those are crackers. <laughs> There's all what, nothing but white people in, in um, cults. Yeah, yeah, Montana. <laughs> I will say that that is a strong, strong take on cults. That most most cults are all racially ideal to one race. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like unlike Jim, uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones. You know, really rocked the whole multiracial cult thing. I mean, that was kind of his thing starting off. Yeah, but. Some of them, like Om Shamrikio, Om Shamrikio, fucking the Ant kids. God, <laughs> like they're all fucking white. <laughs> <laughs> so only white people would think of this shit. <laughs> Even Wild Wild Country had a good thing going until you know white people ruined they started it. creating botulism in a lab, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what even uh, sparred us just doing this uh, episode of uh, something good for you is we were kind of talking cryptocurrency, stocks and, and bonds, yeah, and, stocks and, stocks and, stocks and, stocks. and everything else, and then they actually kind of be my 
forte. <laughs> <laughs> and then it uh, actually kind of moved its way on over into talking about physical media, which we've kind of discussed a little bit on the show before, but also uh, retail, which is something that I've been in a whole lot in my life. Uh, actually, Chris, have you done any sort of retail work? Uh, would you? Because I know you've said like you know grocery stores and shit like that. But I did retail work in. Um the grocery variety, but I've been mainly in food service. So, so direct contact with customers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as I take off my jacket and show my Myrtle beach t-shirt, <laughs> Myrtle beach, Myrtle beach, Myrtle the, beach. The truest scam. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, and pigeon forge. <laughs> yep. This is Dollywood for rich people. Like pieces of shit. I hope it burns down. No. <laughs> but no, uh, my retail experience goes strongly, you know, with grocery stores, but I have dealt with, retail aspects mm-hmm. um technically my work is technically a retail job in a way yeah because i sell a product yeah you're right uh but but I, not but i'm not like you're talking about like storefront yeah, that, yeah. that's more or less what I, I'm I had going one at. job for like six months and i was just like hey go fuck yourself <laughs> where, where at uh bilk oh no shit yeah i okay. didn't like working at bilks what department uh clothing oh men's yeah uh no all like i was in charge of all no shit wall to wall Oh, God damn. They're like, hey, did That's you order tough. those kids' clothes? I'm like, fuck if I remember. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I got a restaurant job to go to. I got to figure out how to make like 40 steaks in 10 minutes. Like, I don't you think fuck. I'm fucking about, thinking about this kid's overalls? It's cold outside. Why aren't we ordering sweaters? <laughs> That's this about as far as my retail experience went with when it came to product distribution. You, you walked into work that day. It was like, it's getting chilly. We ought to order some sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> we got swimwear out yet? <laughs> but no, it's a lot of stocking, a lot of like running a register mm-hmm. was my go-to right and would i was you, really good at it would you ever considered yourself like a mall rat at any time in your youth where it's like or you know like going to stores like comic shops shit like that music stores oh if it was like an indie shop yeah like mm-hmm. if, it, if it wasn't a name brand store yeah. yeah i would always go to it yeah yeah because they tend to have like the little things like just especially comic shops like they aren't really they aren't really franchised but some of them are they're locked in some weird contract with some distribution oh, yeah, company beca- because uh there's only one now, but uh, throughout the 90s and mid-2000s, there was only like two to three distributors of yeah. comics. And it's like you had to go th- – and it's like you you had to keep your customers to send the other. But I think it's through only Diamond now. I think yeah. Diamond is the only distributor um, now. What's but, the only uh, storefront? Like the Heroes are hard to find? Isn't that a, isn't that a chain? That was a uh, – that's a convention here in Charlotte. Okay. Uh, that's, but, that's but that's also, also a comic, comic book shop here. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's not a chain. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that's like a solely independent – Business. It's a very okay. large business, yeah, because they you know they sponsor the convention, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's fun to go to. Oh and yeah, that's when you that's when you meet like the really indie creators and stuff. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. No, uh, Jeff Williams uh, from Biggie Stardust and Wretched Hive now stopped talking. Um, he took me to one one year, and oh, that was so much fun. And I had a T-shirt signed by a whole bunch of different artists. I couldn't tell you who the fuck they were, but Jeff was telling me. Get your shirt signed by this guy. Okay, oh, get it signed by this guy. I wish I still had it because this was in the time in which comic books still weren't super mainstream like they are now. Like the only movies I really cut, it was before the MCU. Yeah, right. but it was before Iron Man, so it was a while ago. Mm. And so I think the only main Marvel movies that were out were like the Spider Man ones, uh, the X Men, yeah. shit like that. So I think that was the only era of movies out yet. Like late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah. So you would actually catch someone like a Todd McFarlane, and he wouldn't be charging for shit, especially for a kid, you know, a young teenager. I had to have been like 
like 14, 15 at the time, you know? So it's like, they definitely wouldn't have, you know, charged for something like that. And like I said, I just wish I still had that shirt because I guarantee there's probably a signature or two on there that's like, oh, fuck. I like, <laughs> I've actually got this guy. I was like, because he's one of the heavy hitters in that in that world, in that specific audience, mm-hmm. in that lane, too. I, and, but the thing is, I would have remembered meeting Todd McFarlane because he was one of the few artists I remembered and liked as a kid. So I would have remembered meeting him. I know he wasn't there. Although I do want to say... Mark Bagley was there. Mark Bagley is associated with... Uh, He did the Ultimate Spider-Man run uh, in the late 2000s, and I really enjoyed his art. And I want to say he was there, because I remember there being like a specific reason why I wanted to meet an artist. Mm -hmm. But no, I can't... It's all very vague. I can't can't remember his name, but I met him on the fly at HeroCon down here Mm -hmm. in Charlotte. And I believe I spoke to you about it. He, uh, He worked for IDW and did a few Godzilla comics. Yeah, you're talking about him. And I just happened to look at him, just like, oh man, that's a cool, you know, comic. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, five bucks. And he did all the artwork and everything. Oh, he was shit. doing like little panels and stuff. He's yeah, all yeah. panels for people. He's only charged like a buck. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take a. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the comic. So I bought the comic, took it out of the packaging, read it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I was reading it while I was walking around. So I was like, okay, let me just go back and ask him like how long he's been doing it. He's like, oh, he's been doing it for about two or three years, doing the artwork for idw for godzilla and he's like hey do you want to you want me to sign it i was like yeah then i realized i left it at another <gasps> fucking no, comic stand no. and i won't I, I couldn't remember because they all looked the fucking same yeah, in the yeah, yeah. and i went over there and one guy's like hey man did you you left this and he was cool about it <gasps> oh and that's so awesome i got it back from him found the guy had it signed you know and i put it in fucking keno's back backpack mm. <laughs> <laughs> and put it back there then i walked back over to the comic guy who fucking saved it uh-huh. and bought like 20 bucks worth of comics from him. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. But they were all like old, like 19, like early 80s, like Japanese anime comics. Right. <laughs> and, well, I know we're kind of going off on a bit of a tangent, but it's like that, that was the cool thing, especially in that era. I feel like there was a weird tipping point with the geek fan comic book community. And I hate using this phrasing that honestly did kind of turn toxic and mm-hmm. kind of shitty. And it's like, and I feel like it's kind of recovering now, but there was a time period when it's like, you kind of still didn't want to say you were a Marvel or comic fan because they were really kind of getting shitty. And, but that was the era in which like you would genuinely meet new friends. You know, it's like that whole community was just so fucking awesome. It was niche back then, right? Yeah. Well, any fan base becomes toxic when one demographic rules it. Mm -hmm. And it was true middle-aged white guys yeah <laughs> so they were like oh no you wouldn't like this sweetie you, you know you take uh-huh. this it's like oh no you're going down the wrong hole you don't read that comic you need to read this one or mm-hmm. and it's just like just let them fucking enjoy art yeah <laughs> name three of the artists yeah i don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah and then it started turning into like people trying to do the paydays after the mcu stuff started mm-hmm. coming out and it just it started not becoming as fun yeah being adam you know, all, all it is is when it comes to comics and stuff, it's all about story. Yeah. It's very story driven. Just like uh, I'm a big fan of D&D. Mm-hmm. And I love what they've been doing with their products. Right. Uh, they've gone a, like they when D&D start, started, it was a Dungeon Master guide. And it was like two, maybe two stories in the first one. Mm-hmm. And you created a group with your friends and it all becomes story driven based on the Dungeon Master. And he has to work off. Like if we were playing, I would have to work off YouTube because you guys are, you know, actioning right and i have to tell the story based on your actions now they've gone a whole different route with homebrewing it's fucking amazing so no longer it's a dungeon to fantasy it's we got to make it to the other end of the mall <laughs> yeah <laughs> us our four guys have to make it to the other end of the mall mm-hmm. and you 
build your character and yep. you could basically do mall rats basically pretty much <laughs> or you could do uh we have to get to the other side of town before you know so and so burns it down right and but it's you're being re- creative on the fly yeah. right but, See, but cre- here's but the thing they change their product for the time okay okay so like that's one of those things where the consumer created the change not the industry right like it like comics changed was the industry that changed the output of their comics mm-hmm. to one distributor, one distributor or online only. Mm-hmm. It's you know, really going it's not, to that. It's not, it's story driven, but it's not consumer driven. Then that's, what's killing a lot of them. Not even with uh, you know, uh, public opinion or anything like that. Public opinion is trash. <laughs> so the other thing that's really killing comics, I think isn't even that, you know, it's not as story driven, which, you know, I still follow a few, you know, nerd podcasts and shit. Mm-hmm. Not even uh, like Weekly Planet. I hadn't listened to them in a minute, though. Um, but I like listen to a certain Spider-Man one that kind of does reviews on all the latest comics. So I kind of keep updated on that one. And the stories they're just trying to tell aren't compelling. They aren't that good. So if you compound that with sometimes even the artists on these runs haven't been that good. And then you're paying three ninety nine an issue and you're barely getting anything out of it. And you're talking about a three three hundred issue set. Uh huh. And you're like run a, up. To and it. then they'll reboot the series after like a hundred, uh, like a hundred or two uh, copies like or DC, a, a, a issues. Like, like DC had like two, like new fifty two sets. Yeah. So and then Marvel's doing the exact same shit. There's like three different Spider Man comics running at the same time, and then you know they'll like the Amazing Spider Man rebooted itself like two years ago, and all this other bullshit. But then you can get what's called Marvel Unlimited which is a paid subscription service. It's digital and it's like, I don't even know the price, but it's like roughly probably like 20 bucks a month or whatever. And you get select, like you pick the comics you want, you know, within a certain number. Yeah. And every time a new issue drops, you get it, but you're not just getting like a PDF. You're getting a moving comic. So it's like the panels kind of move and that's, like word bubbles will pop up at different times. I think that's cool though. And I'm not a big exactly. consumer. Exactly. We'll see what just happened there. You're yep. like, ooh, that intrigues me. And I'm so not even now, that big consumer of comics or anything like then, that. But then now we're just sitting, Chris and I were also just sitting here going, it's like, ooh, we love going to the comic shop because it's also the feeling of going in the store and, you know, finding the issue you want or looking through the back catalog. Well, shit. If this Marvel Unlimited thing, I mean, hell, even to me, that does sound interesting. And I've not purchased a comic in a long time because of the price. But I'm sitting here going like, well, I mean, if it's kind of like a little bit of like a moving comic, you know, cartoon kind of thing, you know, it might make the storytelling a little bit more bearable. And it's, you know, something a little bit more interactive. Still get to see the artwork and everything, too. Exactly. You're also supporting a a handheld piece of literature which it is yeah mm-hmm. into entertainment yep into what you're used to like we're all used to streaming services and mm-hmm. stuff like that comics it sounds interesting i, I would probably get into that mm-hmm. didn't dc have a version of this too uh they, they had yeah uh, every, every major, major one, one has it yeah uh but i'd still be the asshole that goes to the comic shop and buy like year one exactly yeah i mean it's no different than like say me as a music fan going to the record store and buying a record that i've heard a zillion times on spotify you know i think well, 
I don't play music, but as someone who listens to it, I'm going to give you the Hank Hill spiel. <laughs> as someone who listens to it, <laughs> uh, I will say uh, the record sh- record places, music stores in general, offer something kind of like a public library. They have something that offends you and something that you really like, mm-hmm. and that's you know different across this table. Yep. I could go there and get the new Lucifer album because I'm a fan of that band. But yeah. while I'm there, I scan in that general area mm-hmm. and find another indie band that I don't know of, I've never heard of, uh, like Ruby the Hatchet. Right. And get their album. But you always go in with like, you know what you're going to get, but you're yes. also going to find something that I catches your eye. I used to do CD stores, like back when we had this big CD store in uh, Statesville. Probably with comic books too, right? Yeah. Comics, not so much. Okay. Uh, I would have to... I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a comic off the fly. Let me just put it that way. Right. Because uh, a lot of it is art-driven. You do judge a comic by the cover. Right. Okay, because <laughs> it's the artwork, and then you crack it open, and you can't really crack it open until you buy the son of a bitch now. So. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll side-eye you. They're like, yeah. hey, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but the comic shop in Statesville had a really good price. You could spend like 10 to 15 bucks, and they'd sell you a bag full of comics that you just don't know what's in it. Mm-hmm. And there'd be gems. And like They would say, hey, no, it is valued at this. Yeah. So you'd get these little 50-cent like regular comics from like the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be wrapped in the plastic but you would get like a rare like Wolverine or Spider-Man or yeah. Superman or Batman comic uh, like one I pulled uh, for 15 bucks I got Batman versus Spawn which was a very rare comic series nice and I got two of those in there hell yeah what a crossover <laughs> oh, dude the book is fucking fantastic <laughs> but, but so but that's well, the thing about record, record stores going back to it real quick yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just you could find something you could try a little bit easier. Right. For um, three bucks at a, you know, yeah, uh, like at the I, uh, bargain bin or whatever. Yeah. Like I could, you know, get the a Dwarves album mm-hmm. and find an album of a band like Jerusalem. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, like, I've heard of this. Let me buy this. It's like, it's and only- it's not going to be fucking breaking my fucking bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because. It's not like a comic where I can read it once or memorize it. No, this is this is an album, two sides, a lot of processing you can do. You cherry pick what you like. Well, you know? so you, one other thing, though, is so the one thing, even though you don't play music, one thing all of us do have in common at this table is we are big music fans. And I was because, white, but... <laughs> but because we're also big music fans, we enjoy picking up the physical media we enjoy having the record or the cd we enjoy doing that you you like going to the shop and being able to thumb through and see the wide selection you also have to understand all three of us are a rare breed not everyone is like this chris how many outside of your other musician friends how many other people can you say are like that for records for records Mm -hmm. no Exactly. So that's the weird thing. We are part of a very niche market that we just thoroughly enjoy. Mm -hmm. So we find the value in that. Unfortunately, I don't, and you know, the market shows most people aren't. So I guess that's kind of what led into the original conversation, which I think is a really good kind of circle around point, which is, do you think that retail could die? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I I think if they created a medium that's a little bit more immersive than let's say browsing through Amazon mm-hmm. to buying products I like without targeting, you know, uh, 
Because once you buy, like, if I buy this stereo, they're going to like, oh, check out this peripheral for it. You know, this new set of headphones or uh, this new expansion or new, you know, subwoofer or something like that. Um, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that selective targeting because when I go online, it's all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing I don't like about online because retail, I can walk through the whole fucking store. Mm -hmm. You know, we all walk through the store and be like, oh man, I got these badass kicks, but I also found like a a smartwatch. And and if you get hounded by the the retail store, it's only because, you know, you gave them your email address or whatever. I wouldn't do that. So here's an interesting wrinkle though. So I totally get what you're saying. And this is actually. Plus, plus retail offers one thing that. Well, let let me finish this real quick Uh, because I don't want to stray too far. Um, this is also very topical because Facebook has now changed their overall company name to Meta. Yeah. And they're creating what's called the Metaverse. God, I hope and it crashes into the fucking ground. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. It's almost becoming too big to fail. Of course it is. Uh, it's not going to crash and burn. The only thing it can do is just not lift off like they hoped. Okay. It's not going to go away. They're, they have spent too much time and research and development over the last five years behind the scenes, and they're about to get this shit launched. They're announcing a new headset that's a lot more immersive, and they're creating what's called the Metaverse Shop. Mm-hmm. Remember all these NFTs that have been coming out? Yeah. Caps looking up uh, NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> it's modern art for dummies. Yeah. It's it's uh even even Kevin Smith got in on it. Uh he was selling uh Janus Hall at Bob tokens and they are one of a kind digital pieces. So basically you can only pr- or like or a certain number, but a lot of people uh promote it as a single. Um and once you purchase it, you now own this digital product that you could do whatever with kind of like credits can, or something yeah, like that you, or but people also sell like artwork through it like he was saying so it's not even like credits it's a just an item like an mp3 okay, okay. but it's like you you pull it up and look at it and just like yes i own this no one else owns this but me or no one else owns this but me and 20 other people that kind of thing okay now they're creating the metaverse which is kind of like sims mixed with Hey, here's one for you, Chris. Sims mixed with uh, uh, real life or life 2.0. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. Uh, the online thing. It's, it's kind of a reboot of that with Sims. Now you can import your NFTs and have them in your little hangout spots. Now all of a sudden these NFTs are becoming worth something. And they're also creating partners with Amazon and other online retailers to where you can actually submerse yourself in a user-created like that company created online store and actually peruse this stuff all through your VR headset. I was about to ask if it was VR because I've heard things. Yeah, about- they'll say in the new headset. Yeah. yeah, it's all through that. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be very interested in that. But there's one major wrinkle. You can't try anything on. I don't feel like clothing stores are ever gonna go away i feel like that could fuck up record stores game stores music i feel like that can mess up a lot bookstores even amazon um tackled that issue uh with clothing Mm -hmm. Uh, so they'll send you a box of clothing you try it on whatever you like you keep and whatever you don't like you send back and they evaluate from there Mm. And that, that that's that's how they've tackled. It. I'm not saying it's yeah, perfect, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's right, how, right. but that's how they've tackled it's, it. Now Walmart, that, that's at least a step. But Walmart's doing the same thing now. 
Yeah, that, I mean, um, that's that's a step in. I'm, going, it's weird to say it, but it's a step going, in the right direction. Going back to NFTs real quick, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if I was a artist, perfect, great system NFTs. You know, if I was a digital artist like on DeviantArt or Reddit yeah. or something, and I made a made something, mm-hmm. it's mine. Yeah, period. like so, Cap, you see, you've seen like three D renders of like characters. Okay, right. someone can create like a three D render of something that's a piece of art, and then sell it, and then no one else can buy it, and you just have a digital file on your computer, and then now you own that piece that's, of art. That's, that's, that just doesn't appeal to me for some, well, for some reason, though. It's great if I want to launder money. <laughs> <laughs> or not pay taxes. I will say NFTs have created the perfect legality to move money to another platform and then buy it back for more. Yeah. It's perfect. It's what tax dodgers use when they buy modern art. Right. A famous person we know have done this. Donald Trump did it. He had he commissioned now, a clarification. You said no. We, we don't know the it's man. The President of the United States. We were aware of it. when you say no, it sounds like yeah, yeah, let me call him up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> no. Whatever he's my best friend. What he what he, what he did, and he's probably done it a, a few times, but the most famous one he did was he commissioned an artist, paid them X amount of money to do a portrait of him. Okay. He donated the said portrait to one of his foundations. Mm-hmm. But that, so, that word donated. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So art is the cost of commission. So he spent a million dollars. So thus the painting is worth one million dollars. Correct? Mm-hmm. NFTs work the same way. Yep. However, he donated it to himself, <laughs> to his foundation. Right. Because <laughs> his foundation, he said, was a nonprofit. That's that's a lot of yeah. You know, say it like uh, the Donald Trump. Everybody knows that noise. That uh huh. That sounds vaguely teeth sucker. Honest. (laughs) Okay, so but that's what a lot of people do. They they commission art, donate it to themselves, and then sell it for real cash. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that piece of artwork was then sold by the foundation to create leafy green spending money for the foundation. And it's a donation, so you can't tax it either, right? He taxed the. he sold it through a foundation to pay for the foundation. So now it counts as a donation toward him. So he creates a million dollar product, sells it for one point two. He's made two hundred thousand dollars off of it. He doesn't have to claim on taxes because they sold it for a foundation to keep the foundation running, which is shit. NFTs. <laughs> if I wanted to transition a lot of money I've made by selling, I don't know, meth. <laughs> uh, to another medium, then yeah, it's fucking great. Because you know what I can do? I can leave it sitting there. It's not much different from Bitcoin. I was going to say. But the only thing, Bitcoin and NFTs, NFTs actually takes some creative processing to do. Yeah. Meth. <laughs> meth is an art form. I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, you can get, you can get creative with a certain, you know, yeah. but recipes. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> NFTs always seem like me, like to me, the modern art scandal that that is, because, you know, I look at this poster right here of King Kong. I consider that art. Yeah. Some asshole is going to look at that like that's just a fucking poster, and I'm going to I'm going to smack him first. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> someone drew that. Somebody put some work in there. Yeah, somebody put some fucking work in that. Just like all these posters in this place. Yeah. Someone took time out of their fucking day and created a piece of art. Yeah. But the cost of the art fluctuates. Yeah. Okay. 
That's why you can't just buy the Mona Lisa, but you can buy, buy like a Renoir or a Monet. Okay, you the the price fluctuates so madly. It's worse than Bitcoin, and it pisses me off. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was about to say, Chris is about to mad. It pisses like, me off that people use it as currency. <laughs> Duck cap. He's like, he's, know he's shaking his fist. He's I'm slamming it on like, the table. Cap. Bam. <laughs> Cryptocurrency isn't backed by the military. It's not real. <laughs> you're not commi- so you're not gonna commission an NFT uh, for the uh, Chris Morrison needs a Lamborghini Foundation. <laughs> if you know, if I start cooking meth. <laughs> But I need a lot of, you know, capital. So if, you're, yeah. if you want to invest early, <laughs> just saying. I'm going public here soon. <laughs> you know, getting gacked out on whoop chicken is a pretty good, nice uh, uh, redundancy issue to when you become homeless. No, that, that's interesting because I've been dismissing this whole Facebook meta thing. It's just like, uh, Facebook is just going to do more shit. Fuck them. You know, now, like I could see why they're going that route. Mm-hmm. You know, they just create a new immersive product to sell yeah. to people. Um He's not a dumbass. I'm not gonna be like some of these people. Mm. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg's a robot asshole. It's like, no, he just he, wants, he, he just doesn't want to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes either. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I can't, you know, turn my social media company, which isn't real, into you know a bunch of NFTs and change the name and not pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it does seem like cryptocurrency and NFTs and the like mm-hmm. have a lot of room for legal discrepancy oh yeah that can, that, can, that can there's not a lot of redundancy in the nft industry well, it seems is, like it's kind of in its infancy though yeah that's you say? Not, and that happens yeah it's only been like within the last couple of years yeah, but, this has really been something mainstream and noticeable but when you, as soon as you say oh it's a digital like art piece of art yeah that you own the digital part is i could copy it mm. yes but no i've i have I don't know the full ins Look, and let's, outs. Let's take, let's take NFT as an image, not a 3D product, but like an image, mm-hmm. um, which I have seen it floating around. Like, oh, uh, like uh, one guy creates NFT. Oh, someone sold uh, Scumbag Steve yeah. as an NFT. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you've, uh, people don't know who that is. Uh, that was the original meme guy yeah. uh, that had the backward Gucci cap on with the fur coat. And it was like uh, the top mm-hmm. uh, line would be like, uh, ask to borrow your lighter at the very bottom and be like, does it give it back? Yeah. <laughs> and that's scumbag Steve. <laughs> now that guy is a real person. Yes. And he's still alive. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that got the money for it. Yeah. Um, there's, and that's what, that's what pisses me off a little bit. Like it's a meme. Mm-hmm. And just a stupid thing on the internet. <laughs> and, well, it conveys response. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking noob. <laughs> well, no, like, it, it's just the way he looked at him. He's like, it conveys response. <laughs> well, no, like, how, how often have you talked to someone on the phone or like texting and sent a GIF or a meme as a response? Like, uh, what the fuck? Like, what I, the fuck? I, I, I do quite often. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's it's that's a part how we of, communicate now. Yeah, yeah. But like that, that's the ever changing vocabulary of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We use shorthand. Yeah. WTF? What the fuck? You know? Oh mm-hmm. my god! You know mm-hmm. all that shit. Um, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said you wanted like sweet baby Jesus, and it was syrup being poured on a statue of Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like that 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 goes to a different. Not something good for you about the ever-changing language of English. Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> right. we're, we're going way too far off <laughs> of a track right now. But it just seems like digi- death of retail. <laughs> death of retail is is coming. But like, I do believe what you said, clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but because honestly, it's like. But so- also, retail. But I was going to say, retail has one thing over all uh, internet distributors. Mm. Buy it now, get it now. 
Exactly. But mm-hmm. Amazon's, Amazon's going to so, send drones to my house. So. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Amazon's getting so good at their same-day delivery. Yeah, well, they tell people not to pee. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. But we, regardless, it's like, you know, we're not talking about the back ends of it. We're talking about what's actually going on, which is they, they are offering it and it's happening. Yeah. So the buy it now, get it now. It, right now, if it's buy it now, get it in two hours, soon it'll be buy it now, get it in an hour. Buy it now, get it in 30 minutes, and it's going to be like food delivery. You know, you immediately purchase something, someone goes to that warehouse, grabs it, brings it to you. It's just it's, it's not going to be strictly Amazon. They're probably going to think of something like a GoPuff or a Postmates to where, boom, you're getting that shit immediately after you purchase yeah, it. Yeah, all this stuff is like evolving based off of convenience and an alarming rate, too. There's, there will be some industries that will not take as much effect. Like say, uh, like what you do. I was going to say the first thing like that popped teach, in my head was you, like uh, instruments. Yeah, like you teach people how to play instruments. Now, technology allows you to evolve it a little bit more to teach a class online. Charge so many per head and zoom that motherfucker. Yeah. Now, and and you could do that. You have the the technology to do that. You have the equipment to do that. As of right now, you still teach individuals one I, at a time. Yeah, but. You have done Zoom classes before, right? Of course. Now, that's a positive. That's on the positive end. Like, okay, Cap can now do, you know, Cap's Guitar Lessons 101, mm-hmm. Zoom, subscribe, and they pay a monthly subscription, tune mm-hmm. in at a certain day and time, and you could set the day and time yourself, which yeah. which would which be convenient. more convenient for you, Monday through Thursday. At X amount of hours. Yeah, three to five every day or four to six mm-hmm. offer two classes a day you're golden yep because you're coming off a subscription class whether or not they show up yeah no, you're matter. still getting the fucking money they still paid <laughs> you know what i'm saying a lot of teachers are de- were dealing with that when covid hit mm-hmm. where i know teachers only taught like two motherfuckers in one day because they didn't have a fucking computer or they just didn't want to be on it kids are right. slick because uh, if i was all oh man God, I, I would be a monster <laughs> nowadays if they told me i could do work from home because i'd have one screen with a teacher with a little lego man in front of it and i'd be playing fucking zelda <laughs> <laughs> also it's like it's a different um experience too teaching online mm-hmm. and teaching in person well, that's like, kind of like uh, it's a, it's a it's a more visceral experience when someone's right there with you right mm-hmm. teaching you anything um that's not unlike going to a store, you know, yeah. for uh, the experience and things yeah. like that too. But sometimes that experience is terrible. Yeah, yeah. You're very, you're, like you're gambling. Many, like how many a lot. times have you gone to a department store, kind of with the mindset of I need to at least pick up some new pants, yeah. you know, and not literally found anything you needed. Either it was like the waist was too big, too small, or not the right length, you know, not the right color, not the cut you needed, whatever. And it's just like, well. I just wasted all that time coming out here, you yeah, know, and that comes didn't back have to that anything. Convenience point. But then, on the flip side, is so then you do find the pair of jeans you need. Well, are they the right cut? You need to try them on. Yeah. Because what's more of a bitch? Buying them, going home, thinking they're still fine, putting them on, going, ah, oh, son of a bitch, they're too tight, or son of a bitch, they're too big, mm-hmm. and then having to go all the way back, try to exchange them. Then you look, and they don't have your fucking size again for the modification you need. Yeah. So it's just like son of a bitch, but but that's the reason why you do it now. If it's strictly digital, you gotta make sure you have return postage. You gotta have something to print it out with. You gotta send it out. You gotta make sure it actually gets back to the company. It's not an immediate exchange. It, it all of a sudden becomes a lot more time consuming just to buy a t-shirt or yeah. a pair of jeans. <laughs> 
that didn't work out. So I don't mm. know. That that's one of those things where it's like I feel like clothing retail because we were also talking about the like the death of malls i feel like malls will always still be a thing well, because malls, of exactly what i just said too it's like you go to one department store they didn't have your jeans okay well milk didn't have it let's go to macy's let's see if the levi's are over there you know well, shit like that well the mall was the death of small towns mm-hmm. to begin with so right it's an ever-evolving life and death kind of situation when it comes to consumerism. Yeah. In the beginning, oh, I had to go to the local haberdashery over here. Even a Walmart can wreck a fucking small town. But but Walmart destroyed malls. Yeah. (laughs) That was the great thing about Walmart. (laughs) Great. It it was convenient. (laughs) That's that's what what all consumerism is based on. Convenience. Exactly. I couldn't buy like a gaming laptop from the motherfucker, but I could buy some bread and a pair of jeans. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a mall was the same thing. A mall was, okay, I could take, me and my buddies could go to the mall, we could check out, you know, the new record that's coming out, mm-hmm. get that, listen to it a little bit, yep, and decide what I want to buy, I can, and then I could pick up another one. I could go to the clothing store, the Belk, the Coles, the Michael, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. and pick up some new clothes. Mm-hmm. I can go over there by the restroom is and buy a little bit of Coke. I could, <laughs> I could get a fucking a shake. Bottle. <laughs> a shake. You know, yeah, because you know I'm hacked out on coke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? and plus it's playing music. There's a fountain. There's gumball machines everywhere for some fucking weird reason. Yeah, I know. The, the, like gumballs made from I, 1987. I yeah. want to see this version of Mall Rats, where Chris is just you know tripping. We had this discussion before where I described what it was like to go in a mall in the 80s, <laughs> and I described it to a teen. Even Alex was like, "God damn!" <laughs> you know, Chris go, just whacked out on coke just, yeah, so, just through like, the mall. Just to go go 80s. <laughs> now I'm just buying like a little bit of Molly or ecstasy. <laughs> From some little dude named Steve. <laughs> Steve is cool. Steve is cool, man. Steve's cool. He lives in a double wide in the woods. He got a fucked up haircut. He's not got hard gold. He sells Molly. I don't want. I don't give a fuck about his hair. <laughs> but like you know, it is. That's another experience, though. You know, because that I think that's the most dangerous part about the, the Molly. Oh well, <laughs> I think that was the most dangerous part about the internet coming along and creating their own version of the mall Mm -hmm. was now youth Mm -hmm. have nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, And the thing is, is youth don't like hanging out at the mall anymore. No, they don't hang out there. They go for the purpose and then get the fuck out. Yeah. Because they don't want to be hassled by another fucking group of youth that are hanging out who aren't buying shit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Loitering. (laughs) Me and my teens. (laughs) (laughs) Youths. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like you know, there's no there's no stopgap of where to go because you know if you're an aimless teen who's working and you want to spend some of your money mm-hmm. and you don't want to spend it online mm-hmm. or you don't want to buy this because you already have something you know what I'm saying like well half the time they'll get on Xbox PlayStation yeah they'll they'll spend money and like you know I hate using this one but it's still super popular but like Fortnite. You know that they love because you you it's Fortnite slowly turning into like the new Sims. It's coming. It's becoming Minecraft. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very like interactive, and you have like your own little hangout hubs and shit like that. And it's Me- like, meanwhile, it's, I, I got my Steam account on my fucking computer, and I've platinum about on like every fucking game I've owned except for this last one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like it has so much replay value. I'm never going to buy another video game for probably another two years. What is it? Um, Astroneer. Okay. 
it's a survival based game where the risk is not as bad yeah, it's, it's like, like a horror video game where you're just yeah. being chased by a monster no, but uh half the half the kids that i teach that are like you know 10 12 years old they're not you know going out and meeting up hanging out in you know each other's houses or anything like that they're on their laptops just hanging out with their friends online and stuff like that yeah, whether there's nothing it's on, wrong with that you know because no. there's a safety part of it but there is also an aspect of socializing that requires you to go outside. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's this is God, where, we this, sound fucking old. They need to go outside. <laughs> but it's different. But it's every different. generation before us is going to sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a. But honestly, uh, there was a difference. Like our, our generation, our parents saying you need to go outside. You're spending too much time playing video games. Honestly, is different than today because we used to have to go home and help none of our families were that you know of fluent with fucking money you probably had one game system it was probably in the fucking living room not in your room so because you had to be monitored no my, my video game system was in my room my dad would kick me out of my room to play mad after a year i was able to talk my folks and letting me have the 64 in my room <laughs> but no but it's like it started out there but it's like you know just paint a general picture of yeah. this generation it was probably in the living room where it had to be monitored and god forbid your folks were watching late night tv or something like that so yeah there was times in which you would be able to get in a whole lot of play or if you were the lucky folks like us you get it in your room but yeah then you get the you need to go out and go play but there was still a purpose you had to go to a certain spot set the fuck down and play now you can transfer your Fortnite game from your cell phone to your laptop to your game uh, system convenience and Mm -hmm. everyone is playing so you've also got your earbud in and you're talking to your friends so now it's not even like ours playing our segas or nintendo 64s where you know we weren't even hanging out with someone we were just in our own little world rpg and you know now your friends after school are all hanging out in your earbud while you're playing Fortnite or some other your um Among Us or you know some other hangout game. Why the fuck would you go to the mall? So it's like it's one of those things where it's like what Chris said, the consumer changed the market. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if people are preferring this digital experience within a game better than hanging out at the mall grabbing a fucking you know soda or you know some food and you know hassling other teens you know which is shit i did you know it's like i had a few uh, like I, roanoke virginia uh that was right that prime time of like uh 16 to 18 is when i lived up there and yeah for those three years i either had a job at the mall or i had like two or three friends that every saturday and sunday we'd just go and hang out there and just, we'd just walk around, meet new people, be like, what are you up to? Oh, I saw you here last week. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we just meet random people, hang out, you know, grab some food. And then it's like, fuck it, let's leave the mall. Oh, you've got a car? Cool. Let's just go somewhere. And it's, it's like we just meet up with random people, go hang out at random spots. And we'd always just get back to the mall and then hop in our respective vehicles and just go back home. Gyms and, uh, you know. Any fitness program, a lot of that's online now because people don't want to pay for a gym membership. I think that's also a self-conscious thing. They also don't want to be around other people. You might be right. It might be both ways. There's like also two different types of gym gyms you join. Mm -hmm. Like I'm part of Planet Fitness, right? But like if I was to go to CrossFit, there's some dude, like six foot five, 
300 solid. He plays with a fucking XFL or some shit. <laughs> and he's like, bro, can you spot me? I'm just <laughs> like, like, no. <laughs> yeah, you will die. I like <laughs> online yoga classes because people don't want to be in big groups, you know, yeah. sweating their ass off together, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's you know, so and it's like also if you're doing, you know, any sort of, you know, weight loss thing, clearly you aren't a fan of the way you look. So it's, you're going to have a bit of self-consciousness being in a room like that. So now I, I feel like that's, that's something that's a little different. That's actually kind of cool. Okay. I, I like that aspect. Aspect. I think that I think the only time it went every time I look over at you, you're just cutting your eyes, and I'm just like, you want to say something? No, Chris <laughs> Back is just in, in my <laughs> resting Chris face. Yeah, yeah. but oh, no, I, I got in trouble for that at work the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I know I keep forgetting. I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Um, but no, so I, I feel like that's a little different, and I, I always. I would always hope, though, that the mall at least still sticks around, even if, you know, the the youth of today don't really, you know, see the purpose of hanging out at the mall and, you know, trying to meet new folks that way. They'd rather do it in a, you know, digital space. That's fine. I totally get that. I, I enjoy it, too. I'm not knocking it, you know, but I also do in, much enjoy the physical one-on-one experience of meeting people. Yeah. So... It's a different. It's a different experience, like what Chris was talking about with like when I teach kids. Yeah, it's like it's way different. You know, it's I think it's the kids learn more and pay attention and ops and pay attention a little better too mm-hmm. when you're in person as opposed to they do online. Because well, and it's also it's the social media aspect. People have way bigger balls online than they do in person. They're still so, in their own universe at home. Too. Exactly. So if they, if they're doing a Zoom call with you and you're having to explain something that in their head is like you know fucking gibberish, if you're like, okay, so yeah, here you're gonna want to go to the Panatonic and you know land on a <laughs> yada yada. If you start spitting that shit out at them and they're on the computer, they can just kind of start zoning out not really mm-hmm. paying attention but if they're in person and they're looking at you and you're locking eyes and you're trying to make sure they pay attention they don't have a choice exactly so it's a lot more effective what about with uh, books we were talking about books and uh, just reading like on Kindles and stuff like that how that's kind of become books, digitized like too push pull mechanic a lot uh, in the early days of Amazon they sold books which was their bread and fucking That was butter. the whole thing. That's how they started. They started off selling books. Now they sell fucking probably people now. I don't know. <laughs> but, but no, that's uh, what, what, way, wayward, way off. Way, Russian Wayfair. brides. Wayfair. Wayfair. That's they Wayfair. Sell, they sell yeah, kids yeah. in cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> we should have brought that one up on the conspiracy episode last week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> conspiracy 2. <laughs> Twin Towers uh, will be the next episode. There we go. <laughs> then we get God kicked damn off. It. <laughs> yep. And then Conspiracy Three: Return of the Bush. <laughs> I want to do a whole series. It's going to be great <laughs> on your own podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the equipment with me. I don't give a fuck. I'm a producer. <laughs> Um, I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just come here. I'll knock, knock, knock. Hey, I, I got some guys. I've been at the uh, somewhere. <laughs> we're going to talk about George Bush and the Illuminati. We're talking about the. T- <laughs> but like books, yeah, yeah. books have worked on a push pull mechanic for a very long time because in the beginning, uh, only certain people were allowed books. Right. And, all right. But now let's go to like now where we had bookstores growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, Libraries. Libraries. And here's the fucked up thing about libraries uh, that cities use to increase poverty and crime. What? Uh, Libraries libraries don't stay open that long during the day to into the evening. Yeah. So, which is odd why Mm. people read at night too. So, like, well, I I, I was going to say it's a government government thing. Yeah. 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 It is a government owned. Yeah ran operation which for which some I mean, reason court systems are the same thing yeah, yeah but any the, public court, office 
courts d- depend on what the crime you commit. Libraries, I'm saying, could be a fucking 24-7 industry. It could be, yes. Mm-hmm. And that could go back to what I was saying about somewhere to go as a child. Mm-hmm. Somewhere safe to go. A, a library where you can expand your fucking knowledge mm-hmm. into something else. You know, like... You like guitar, but you could also probably learn to play the fucking theremin. There's a book about library. you took some acid earlier. Yeah. Give it a shot. But also, you know, it's it's a wealth of research, not just about the community where you live. It's also books by people you've never heard of. Right. Mm-hmm. Which shout out to current events. Uh, Texas will now be burning 380 books. God damn. Of varying titles because they are they obscene. still burn books. Right, Texas. That's my thing. I'm just—it's not that cold in Texas. <laughs> the sun is like right there. <laughs> well, okay. Well, even to bring it full circle, it's like, but there's digital. Like, what, yeah. what do they think they're doing? Is they're not doing anything? They're thinking they're hurting the progressives. But, uh, but like a library was defeated by bookstores in a way because now you can take the book home forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something happens to your collection, you go to a bookstore and buy, rebuy the whole fucking collection. Yep. Um, and then Amazon came along. Hey, you know that book that was in fucking Taylorsville, but it wasn't here in Charlotte? You can buy it. Yep. Every book is published and sold on Amazon at a per diem. However, when Amazon and audiobooks had almost was, fucked back in the day, audiobooks about, about up. fucked up uh, the the publishing industry, but there was still a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a, a peripheral. A companion. Yeah. yeah a companion. Um, and it worked great, you know, for people who couldn't read or just learning to read or, or just didn't have the time well, to was, read. It was kind of the beginning of the podcast era. Yeah. And and you would see a lot of audiobooks sold at truck stops. Yeah. Because truckers would love audiobooks yeah. to entertain their brain on those long ass drives long before they had Spotify and everything else they could use, they would pick up audiobooks. Well, so think, that's where you would actually find a lot of them were at truck stops. Well, think about the podcast medium, especially the informative ones where mm-hmm. everything's separated in volumes and stuff yes. like that. That's kind of like the new, uh, I don't want to, not literature or anything. Well, you like probably that, think NPR for podcasts. Right. Yeah. NPR was a very diverse you but, know, medium just like coast to coast, and like even your local radio shows, like John Boy and Billy and stuff. There was yeah. always something that niched to their market. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and podcasts are a little bit more precise. Yeah. They're very they're very dialed into what like the subject matter is. Like, hey, if you want to listen to one about Except pop ours. music, <laughs> like, like but like just pop music, there's mm-hmm. a podcast. Murders in a small town. Yep. Thousand of those fucking things. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, people love blood and gore. But and then, and it gave, and it gave way for a bunch of different fandoms. You know, there's tons of different music podcasts, nerd podcasts, you know, podcasts about podcasts. But exactly. Then, but uh, then, but then there's like so much education stuff. There's history ones. There's current politics ones. There's, and then news Able sites. Stop hat. That's yep, a, that's that's a great one. And then, uh, and then news sites found ways to quickly get. Uh, audio bits out to people that mm-hmm. way because say because a podcast takes such small data downloads you get notifications when they come in so like CBS News started finding ways of being like to release quick little bits of audio throughout the day that was like super newsworthy like if there was you know you know an unfortunate attack somewhere and they needed to you know alert you know put out like a national thing they were able to put out a podcast about it and it's like a quick little 30 second snippet hey this is so and so from CBS News we are receiving reports of yada 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 for more information please check out cbs.com mm-hmm. you know shit like that so it's like it became such a very interesting market yeah 
Um, but libraries, for a time, helped people get out of their situations. Yeah. Okay, so libraries give you more knowledge. More knowledge gives you more options. More options give you more ways to get out of poverty. Yep. Now, when you start limiting ask, limiting um, services, mm-hmm. you create more poverty, thus more crime. Yep. It's like knowledge just gets suppressed. Yeah. And then you got people burning books for schools. You can't read this. Don't read Harry Potter. He's Satan. Don't right. you know that? Gosh. I was like, I don't know. I read, I read Lord of the Flies and they killed a fat kid with a rock in that one. I didn't want to kill all my classmates because <laughs> they were dumb. Like, So, no, I don't think that's how that works. I was listening to Ramstein, too, like the whole time. I was just like, nah, no, I'm not really feeling the murder. So, it's like, oh, you, you're able to pick things apart and not get influenced and just yeah. enjoy the material? Yeah, like, what a concept. I feel like books are one of the few mediums that have slowly died off and the community has not been too sad about it. Because I've met a lot of people that are actually selling their book collections Mm -hmm. because they have it on a Kindle. And it was honestly taking up so much space because books are huge. You need physical space. Yes. And you need solid stuff to put it in because books are heavy. And then if you move, you've got to lug them all around. So a lot of people were kind of embracing Kindles. And enjoying them a bit more because there's a specific Kindle that's out now that the texture isn't like a smooth screen kind of like our phones. It actually has a little bit of like that papery texture. Yeah, the paper white. Uh-huh. Okay. And to turn the page, you, of course, swipe. So you kind of get that little bit of that textural organic feeling. And now some of them are being offered even a little thicker. Just and, to get and the that experience. way it's not like you're wearing a tablet, that kind of thing. You're getting one that's a little bit more, that's a little more to it, you know? So it's like they're kind of finding ways to replicate the feeling of a book. And a lot of people that are book readers are enjoying the simplicity and ease of having their entire collection there. And the screen can be read, you know, in bright sunlight and dark, you know, that's very easy to be done. That's one of the few that have worked. I feel like movies, music, and gaming are going to be the things that physical media will never truly go away on. And the reason I feel that way is because with a book, at the end of the day, it's words on paper. Yeah. You can replicate that in so many different ways. And it's all about using your imagination to tell the story. Exactly. With music... Whether it be a CD, cassette tape, vinyl record, there's a ritual. There's taking it out of the packaging, putting it in whatever you're using. With record, it's putting it down, putting the needle on. If you don't want to hear the fucking first song, you got to find the little extra little grooves, put that in. You know, cassette tape, oh, fuck, I forgot to rewind it. You know, <laughs> you, you, there's a whole ritual. DVDs even, Blu-ray rather. It's, I'm still on DVDs. You know, there's a whole thing on that. And then you get pristine quality without internet you don't have to worry about your internet signal dying out on you or you know getting you know pixelated or buffering Mm -hmm. you can get the highest quality 4k resolution on that disc and you own it and it's nothing too big it's not too heavy it's not it doesn't take up as much space as books do neither does pirating online but your computer crashes i have backups you are also in that niche market. We're nerds. Back up some back. You, you, you got you, you got to think of the regular consumer. Have you ever listened to Led Zeppelin on a flag file? 
It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that hard drive, yes, you've got backups on backups. But it's like, but my even my computers, it's like I've got a backup hard drive, but it's only for my video stuff. Nothing else. Like my photos and video stuff is on the backup, but like nothing else is. Like I've got a couple movies downloaded, you know, all my music. None of it's on a backup because it's like I can get it again. But I also download shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just feels like that sort of medium won't go away because, again, Netflix can take a movie away. Now you have to buy it on Amazon. Okay, well, if you buy it on Amazon, you forgot your fucking password or you don't want to have an Amazon subscription anymore. They've banned you for some reason. <laughs> now you don't have access to all those movies you bought. iTunes uh, locked one of my friends out of their account. Thousands of songs gone. Mm. So all of a sudden, all this money you've invested in this digital media gone. Where if you bought the vinyl, if you bought the CD, you bought the cassette tape, no one can fucking take that from you unless you lose it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? it's like no, no one can go, oh, your credit card declined. Cap, give me your box of records. What's you the, know, it's like. <laughs> what's the Samuel L. Jackson quote in. Um, uh, was the movie with uh, where they're I'm I tired what of it snakes is. on this motherfucking plane yeah that one no but uh, <laughs> he's a villain in this movie and he says he's uh, a lot of movies <laughs> anyway it's like him uh, he's talking about how everything's written on paper because you can't hack paper yeah he's a king yeah Kingsman, that's what it was. So, and, and I feel yeah, like this. that's why our media in general happened. I mean, hell, that's why people are uh, kind of upset with um, what's kind of going on with Nintendo mm -hmm. and uh, PlayStation and Xbox. A lot of them, you can go to a this is This is how fucked up this is, man. You can go to a store, purchase a clamshell case of a game, take it home, open it up, and there is a paper disc inside with a download code for the game. Mm. You can buy physical versions of digital download games, the boxes, with a code inside. For how much? <laughs> the price of the retail game. But if the I make price enough, of the download. It's the same. But if I make enough NFTs, it won't matter. <laughs> so that blows my mind. You are purchasing only a case. It's like buying. Okay? <laughs> you are purchasing a case. On PlayStation, to the best of my knowledge, you can save your data files to one location. So no, if you can back up to a secondary... You can you can save those files to a secondary. You have to create copies. There's no auto backup. Yeah. When you finish the game, you have to have an ritual of creating copy and sending it to another one. Yeah. You know most people are not going to do that. We're in a niche nerd audience. <laughs> most people save their games to their system. That system crashes. It wipes your shit. You can't re-download those fucking games. You've already used the code. You're fucked. Yeah, you can buy a secondary system. You can buy the second system. And put on <laughs> Not everybody is you, Chris. <laughs> like if your system fucking crashes, you're going to buy a new system, right? Yes, but you buy the new system. And like you could put your fucking online ID on there and right. re-download your whole library, just like Steam. Okay, well, I guess that would be... Like, Boom. Yeah. Okay. Well, I understand what you're saying, because yeah, yeah, there are yeah. games you can't find anymore. Yeah, exactly. And like... 
It's just, well, it's just like Disney buying Fox. They're going to reproduce DVDs. No, and they're not. Older stuff. And you know, like Mandalorian, that's not going to get a. I, I, has it gotten a physical release? I don't think so. I doubt it. But who so, would buy that? Well, uh, think about it, dude. All right, let's just say I got super stingy one day. I don't think Chris has it either. Okay, I get super stingy and went. All right, Cap, I'm getting rid of Disney Plus. All right, yeah, they're on Amazon. They are. Mm-hmm. Okay, DVDs. Okay, uh, for the Mandalorian. Yep. All right. Is it? Yeah, because I was gonna say it's like, what if I just got stingy and was just like, you know what? Fuck Disney, Cap. I'm getting rid of Disney Plus. And I don't think Chris has a subscription either. Cap, you can use mine. <laughs> <laughs> I said I think you don't have one. But but what I'm getting at is, okay, all of a sudden none of your friends have a current subscription. Right. Well, only two people on HBO. So. <laughs> Y'all are giving too many goddamn things. It's like you got to understand. We're talking about the general if I loved audience. Ma- if, if I loved, if I was probably you know twelve years old, huge Star Wars nerd around the time Mandalorian came out, and that happened, then yeah, I'd probably buy a dig- uh, physical copy. But what if they weren't making it? What if they weren't making the physical copy though? Well, that's that's kind of what we were leading into. It's like you know, eventually they're going to well, quit I making the industry these- saying is too fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a very annoyed little uh, 12-year-old Star Wars fan. Aww. <laughs> You'll love our new Jar Jar story. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but there's there's he a risk of that happening, <laughs> you know, eventually. But I honestly don't think it will happen, which I think also dovetails into, do you think there could be another media form that outlasts the disc? I mean... Or probably will be. I mean, things like this evolve constantly, right? Well, considering how fast they're going with, uh, but I'm not micro SDs and how. Yeah, but I feel like they tried that. Remember Hit Clips? No, 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 no. That, that, that was how many songs on a Hit Clip? Remember that? Right, but but, but it's old about, technology. But yeah, like you know, the people are already trying to push you know just like little SD card type things already, and I don't feel like it really just, lifted. I, it just seems like you know your phone has so much capability, and with terabyte micro sds being created mm-hmm. it just seems like you could just back up everything to that yeah well you're talking about backups i'm well, talking, talking about, about like, like, well, like a place a wallet mm-hmm. to hold your products you right know, you know what i'm saying like your actual right well what what i'm saying is like if i we, buy we an go, album, it we, goes to that little spot right i'm saying you go to the store now and you have you, you buy a blu-ray mm-hmm. okay so that's a disc uh the new movie comes out you go to the store what physical product are you buying that's replacing the disc? That's what I'm asking. Well, physical products will be going out the window within the next probably 50 years, uh, just to cut off, cut out the cost of making physical products. Uh, the same reason we don't watch, you know, write on chalk and chalkboards anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, and we went from that to dry erase boards to mm-hmm. you know, tablets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, and keyboards. Uh, biggest industry I see coming is transfer technology, which transfers what I have on here to my next product or just yeah. information in general. Yeah. Like something that's a peripheral. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of that's coming up. Right. I think that's the one that's going to flourish is a technology that helps you transfer from system to system, no matter mm-hmm. the OS, no matter the processing power. Right. Um, because me and you talked about this, uh, about the USB C's mm-hmm. is now the standard usb for most mac products and even some of the dell products my, my mm-hmm. work computer doesn't have usbs on it, it has usb c's yeah and it uses a peripheral to cast on the two extra screens at work yeah um that right there that's the company that'll be fine yeah 
Um, because, no, but, so we're, but, we're but, straying but, but, too far from the original question. Yeah. No, physical is going out the fucking door, dude. No, well, well, that that wasn't my question though. I said, what is going to be the next thing after disc? Because gonna there's be there's going to be there's going to be something else before it fully dies out. Is what I, I'm saying. I think I think disc is the most proficient as I, I the most proficient say, technology, and it'll be the last peripheral we'll ever use for physical copies. Is there a is there a, any kind of material or product past a disc? Because I'm not as technological technologically knowledgeable as you guys are. Unless they create another version of a disc, which is still a disc. What's the next step up? Uh, Cartridge with four terabytes of fucking hard drive (laughs) space on it with every material you ever want on it. Yeah. But that goes back to a transfer technology where you Mm -hmm. can just put everything on one thing. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about a lot of stuff. Um, I understand, you know, competitiveness mm-hmm. you know Betamax, vhs dvd blu-ray high res whatever that fucking other one was yeah yeah hd dvd yeah, yeah hd dvd mm-hmm. yeah they lasted mm-hmm. about a fart in the wind yeah <laughs> uh, but you know we're at the we're at the bad end of competitiveness and technology mm-hmm. because it's like well you got an iphone mm-hmm. i got an android mm-hmm. caps over here with the high wire <laughs> cell phone with the japanese and chinese listening in on us but oh he's got a huawei, a huawei. Yeah. but you know what i'm saying like there's the, the we're on the bad end because one's going to come up on top mm-hmm. and one of us is going to lose mm-hmm. and it doesn't two. matter because it's like you've got one of the higher end uh androids i have one of the higher end iphones so it's like we've got some of the nicest phones in our respective and a uh, year fields year six months eight months where there'll be another one yep and then a fucking another one yep mm-hmm. um so it's not necessarily like the product itself, like a disc or anything like that, but like the computer that's going to have all of that on it yeah, for it's you. It's the Coke and Pepsi argument. Mm-hmm. Someone's, there has to be competitiveness for the market to keep going. Yeah. And retail stores aren't doing it. They're out there losing in. Therefore, we will be out there losing in if we still rely on retail stores. If you're still relying on buying DVDs, um, records, records have stayed true. Yeah. Because people like, like books. Mm-hmm. People like holding it. And we spoke on it before. Was it's not just the music? Yeah, it's a whole package. It's, it's a you know, it's a little book. Yeah, you know, there's you know, artwork, photography, information. Yep. Oh, on yeah, it, especially read. It's like like physical graffiti. When you open that motherfucker up, you know, it's back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this sounds amazing. Who uh, engineered this? And then has all that information. Like Lucifer's like, on their what fourth album? Uh, yes. So I imagine by the time their fifth one comes out, they could have an anthology. Yeah. Record come out, which I would buy that. Mm-hmm. Me um, too. But that that's something that'll stay true for quite a while. You know what? I think I just landed on something. I think the way physical goods are gonna go are limited edition. Yeah. I think that's going to be the way it goes because thinking back even with we were talking about a few minutes ago with Disney, yeah, they released Mandalorian on DVD, but I bet you they're not going to release the uh, random Lego Star Wars short they had on DVD or the all the little Simpsons shorts mm-hmm. that they've been doing. They're not going to put those on DVD. It's going to be specific things. So I feel like with book collectors, they pick up maybe their top 50 to 100 favorite books. But they're not going out and like buying every brand new book as a physical copy. They'll get the Kindle version. And then if they really love it, and if it was a big seller, maybe that company will do a limited edition paper book version. And then they can buy that and have it as part of their collection, their physical collection. Collections, well, books, collectors. Uh-huh. Books land on the one thing that records and dvds can't do what single content 
that's all that's there. Mm-hmm. You buy a book, it's right there. That's it. Mm-hmm. Once you read it, you've retained the content. It may have a replay value. Yeah. Because yeah. I've read books fucking eight times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, I can read it eight times again on my phone. Yep. Books. And I can see the need to why it needs to be done, but it needs to be digitized mm-hmm. and backed up. I mean, uh, there's definitely going to be digital. But like, I own more digital books than I do physical books. And I own over probably 200 fucking actual books. Yeah. And I own like 1,600 <laughs> Kindle books. All of varying extent of... All know, downloads or purchases? Downloads. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of money. <laughs> I'm just now starting the meth business. <laughs> like, the single wide was just now purchased. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like give, me some, give me some time. <laughs> give me some time. All right. My NFTs haven't been built yet. <laughs> haven't drawn them up yet. It's all dick pics. <laughs> but, uh, but like, um, it just, books, I could see going to the next medium as music. But music is an all-around medium, just like movies. Like mm-hmm. you still get the special editions with, uh, you know, commentary and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Netflix doesn't offer that. No, HBO does. Yeah, mm-hmm. but limited. Uh, Disney's getting pretty good about it. Yeah, you but can hit extras. It, Disney and wants to show that. you all the magic. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then they're going to take <laughs> it away. I was yeah. going to say it's like Disney's like, oh, look at the magic. It's all fake. <laughs> dance, motherfucker, dance. Like, it was all a dream. <laughs> like, uh, oh. like actually, I watched something on. If we're talking on Disney for just a second, I watched something on there that I initially had the lowest none interest in watching whatsoever and then i was on reddit reading some marvel stuff and they were talking about you know recasting or like some reshoots and you know i was just scrolling comments 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 and they were talking about you know how brutal disney can be to their writers and producers mm-hmm. and someone went yeah i'm really surprised they released that frozen 2 documentary that was fucking wide opening uh, eye opening and i'm like what there's <laughs> There's a dramatic Frozen 2 drug. It's like, tonight, on Dateline. (laughs) Kind of, and I'm like, they're surprised they really... Okay, fuck it. I'll fuck it. Ice of blood to make it a Frozen. (laughs) Dude, you're not far off. Sex, drugs, and ice. (laughs) Dude, when I say I don't give two flying fucks about Frozen, I mean that. It's not for us. But this this multi-part documentary was fucking good or like good as in like intense and very surprising like i agree this surprising they released it they, i'm expecting like uh the apocalypse you, now documentary you, you want right? to you want to see how movie by committee is made oh yeah it's, it's destructive like you you always hear that phrase getting thrown around oh that feels like a movie made by committee you want to see that in action Frozen 2 documentary. They show like rough cut digital scenes and like six people are cutting this motherfucker down going, I don't I don't understand how this person is sliding like that. That's that's not the right way. Yada 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 blah blah blah. And you know what? Yeah, and they will go back, rework on it for like two to three fucking weeks, come back and they go, Yeah, two actually we've weeks. rewritten that whole scene, so you need to just go ahead and scrap she that. She slides this way. <laughs> well it says no, the whole scene has been cut because we've rewritten a song, so now these scenes don't fit with the song 
I wonder how many sequels are kind of made like that, especially through like the Disney fucking lens. Dude, like I said, I don't give a Aladdin shit about Aladdin Two Return of Jafar is nothing but just cuts from the original movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't give two shits about Frozen, and I know listeners don't either, but I really recommend it. It's fascinating as shit. Like if you can get over the fact you're watching a documentary about I'm Frozen, <laughs> if you drugs and ice, the Frozen yeah. story. Like if you're into animation and the way production companies work and how a movie like that gets made, regardless of the topic and how it really gets done, they didn't sugarcoat this shit. Like there's like we had to cut the scene where she kills all the younglings. Yeah, <laughs> no, there, there's like there was like a, in like episode two, uh, one of the lead animators had to like cut like an entire thing that she had worked like really fucking long on and like had to go through like a lot of shit to get through and like when she was kind of talking about it you see her like getting choked up and like she just kind of had to walk away so it's like they so yeah people get emotionally invested in this stuff man so i'm really surprised that the disney corporation allowed it to come out because it doesn't show them in the best light and they all approved Disney it. don't care. No, they don't give a fuck anymore. They're like, yeah, we are fucked up watching an action. I'm still got paid. Goddamn, pay 15 bucks for our fucking streaming service, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. well. Technically, Disney, you know, with their streaming service, you get ESPN and Hulu, which just shows more terrible things that do not associate with Disney. Like, no. if you're watching a 30 for 30 about the downward spiral of, like, a Duke player. Yes. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> The lacrosse fucking dude. Like you're watching the the, the downward spiral of a fucking victim who was raped by a fucking lacrosse team or wasn't. Uh, (laughs) Then you're just like, okay, kids, let's go back to Disney and watch Christopher Robin and the Pooh Gang. (laughs) Pooh Gang. What happened to this OJ Simpson documentary? (laughs) He didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch Kato Kalen did it. (laughs) So, yeah. Overall thoughts, though, kind of like after discussing a whole bunch of, you know, different sides of it, um, I don't know. I still feel like retail, it's going to die off some, I feel, but I feel like specialty stores could still reign supreme. Like, I feel like major department stores will always have a place. Like, the, well, the shop um, all get it all. like Walmarts and Kmart. Well, not Kmart. Like a Walmart. Or, <laughs> yeah, no. Target. I was, like Kmart. Uh, <laughs> I was just going down my marts. From the long ago. <laughs> In the before times. The there was, there a, was place a place called, called Kmart. Kmart. When your poor parents <laughs> trudged. Shut the fuck up. Your, I went to Kmart a lot. To buy your fucking Christmas gifts. <laughs> and Easter baskets. But, yeah. So, uh, the whatever. Walmarts and the Targets anymore. and the Dillards and the Macy's. I feel like all those will still be around. I And I feel like specialty stores, like the, the hipster stores or the super hippie stores. or The, the niche market stores. Yes. Yeah. Specialty stores will still stick around because I feel like there is an innate lizard brain thing in us that enjoys vibe, enjoys atmosphere. And we are more willing to do something if we are in an environment we enjoy. So think about going to, imagine we are all a little bit more drinkers. If we went to a bar that was bumping EDM music and people were walking around with glow sticks and you know acting all crazy, we wouldn't be as apt to sit there and drink as much as if we were if we walked in a place that was a little bit more dimly lit and fucking ACDC was on the stereo. And be like, oh shit, we're gonna have a little bit more of a better time here. We're probably gonna spend a little bit more money and spend a little bit more time. But XCC Steve is at the EDM place. <laughs> <laughs> you can meet him at the mall. <laughs> the mall's dead, man. It's but, ran by rollerbladers and paintball kids. 
but it's that uh, it's that community. And all aspect. that John Carpenter music is playing in the background of <laughs> the stereo. Dum dum, dum dum. It's like why people go to church and stuff like that. It's a community kind of thing. Not anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. In I, Tennessee, I see the maybe. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like the specialty stores and department stores will always have that edge because we lizard brain people still want to go to the store that's playing the music that kind of fits what we're looking for. Whether it be you know we go in a game store and someone in the corner is playing an old NES or the PlayStation. Mm. It's like ah, oh, this is this is nice to actually kind of walk around in. You know, I might actually, you know, this kind of inspired me to play. I, the, the urge to play is a little stronger now being around it all. Or you go to the department store, you know, go to a rock shop, record store. I might be a little bit more inclined to pick up this extra record because I ran across it, like Chris said earlier. I feel like that's just going to always kind of be there. There is one store that we haven't mentioned that is unbeatable. Mm-hmm. That will never go down. Will always be around, no matter how technologically advanced we are. We could be floating in the fucking sky, but there is one store, and we that, haven't brought it up. Nope, because we brought shop. up Walmart, the, the pawn, pawn shop. shop. <laughs> the pa- pawn shops will be around until the Earth is destroyed by the heat death of the universe. The pawn shop <laughs> was the first retail shop. Yeah, uh, close in enough. a way. Yeah. You think you know, about well, it, man. Well, the first vendors? retail shop is actually like a community fucking yeah. center, like a yard sale. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but pawn shops depend on economic depressions. Yeah. And economic high rises. You know, ebbs and flows does uh-huh. not care at the pawn shop. I went to the pawn shop the other day. I was actually going to buy a gun right before I went to work. Not because I was taking a gun to work, <laughs> but because it was affordable. Clarification. <laughs> Plus, guns to me are commodities. Like NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I buy guns like you probably buy stock. Yes, <laughs> because they always rise in value. Uh-huh. I just buy a little bit here and there. I just, just buy guns here and there. Uh-huh. Bullets. So. Here's my guitar collection, my gun collection, my car collection. Here is the New Testament, the Quran, and the <laughs> in the Old Testament. <laughs> this is my Torah. <laughs> God's word, yes, <laughs> out of every clip. <laughs> but like, it, it is a, it is a very, it is not even a niche store. They no, have everything. everything. I was actually looking. You can get a for one of these goddamn things at a pawn shop, so I could just have an extra one in case oh, one of them went <laughs> No, a fucking mic and oh, a yeah. cord, just in case one of these things went out on us. Yeah, show. yeah. Or like another set of these, you yeah, know, headphones. Yeah, like, audio medium. Yeah. You're pointing to a lot I of about shit buying right a guitar because it was like 150 bucks. A dude had just pawned it. Yep. Um, <laughs> Oh, so you wanted to ruin that dude's life because half the time people will pawn their gear to get a little cash and then buy it back. Yep. <laughs> so you just want to ruin that musician's life. No, I was going to buy that. That, that musician made a choice. Yeah. <laughs> but you know oh, what I'm Cap's like, fuck him. If you got Cap knows, just say it. Cap knows <laughs> the degradation that is the pawn shop mess. Yes. Cap's like, I'll sell my goddamn computer before I sell my goddamn guitar. Dude, I sold a gun one time. I got a TV. <laughs> Investments, man. Investments. It's a commodity. It's like diamonds or tobacco or meth. It ebbs and flows, yes. man, in cost. It is the Bitcoin of the universe. Meth oh, will that, always be valuable. That is a perfect fucking segment. I think that's a perfect time for us to lead on in. And let's dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. Doomsday podcast. <laughs> what you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? 
I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain. What the hell have you been listening to? YouTube just uh, un uploaded a documentary on the Tom Petty record, uh, Wildflowers. It's a whole uh, studio uh, documentary about how they made it, what Tom's uh, mindset was, and uh, how it all came together, and that was a fun watch. So I've been listening to the Wildflowers uh, record on Spotify. Nice. And they have uh, the whole one of the main parts of that story is that they recorded uh, so many songs that they initially wanted to put it out as a double album, but decided not to for, uh, you know, just for whatever reason but now <laughs> they have reason. for whatever reason yeah they didn't give like a good one they just didn't they just, just didn't you know whatever to. reason yeah they just had a uh, put a <laughs> they put a package out they put a package out last year that includes all the songs now and it's also on Spotify too so you can watch so you can uh, so listen to everyone can get their package yes yes <laughs> Wildflowers by Tom Petty. That's what I've been listening to this week. And check out the YouTube documentary on it. It's been really good. No, I won't check that out. All right, Chris, what you been listening to? Uh, me and Cap, uh, you know, we were talking about Lucifer 4, mm -hmm. the album that came out. Yeah. Um, and I went kind of down to like a Spotify hole a little bit. Yeah. Going through the like, oh, this artist is also associated with this and this and this. Because um, I was listening to a band called Ruby the Hatchet, which is a weird like 70s metal. Yeah. Like vibe to it yeah uh, kind of like uh masters of reality by the black sabbath it's mm -hmm. got really got that sound but there was another uh band i've been listening to called electric citizen okay um they have a really cool like black sabbath vibe to them uh especially like the early days of black sabbath like yeah. uh like the like the real, like slow kind of like 70s yeah remember that song uh, it's uh one of the songs it sounds the opener is just like uh, electric funeral yeah yeah and it just it really hits because they change it up just a little bit, kind of like Vanilla Ice. And, uh, <laughs> just the one hi-hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, but listen to that. Uh, the album, front to back, is one of the few that's still pretty solid for like an indie band I've ever heard. Uh, I actually checked out, I actually sat down and listened to all the Walburns. Oh, nice. Yeah, so shout out to DJ. and uh, Trey. Trey, yeah. Um, I did see a few bangers in there that I actually enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, their vibe is not really my bag, but I do love some of the songs. Yeah. Uh, the drumming's perfect. It <laughs> of is. course, it's DJ. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're making eggs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I went back and listened to some of uh, ACDC's backtrack mm -hmm. stuff um, that you're not going to hear on the radio anymore. Because I, I started like I don't know if you've ever done this, but like clicked a famous artist and just let their whole thing play. Yeah, and then it just goes through their whole like library up to like the 50th song and popularity yeah and i was just like i kept going to the next one and going to the next one i'm like what that's not in the top 50 y'all go fuck you guys uh, <laughs> but uh they uh like some of the bond scott years and i just watched a documentary about acdc that was really good talking about the transition from bond scott to brian johnson mm -hmm. um and just the making of back in black and it's just a fucking wild ass story is this oh, yeah. classic albums doc or is it the uh so been a uh, recent one it was on youtube a guy did a whole hour and a half segment on it okay it just popped up on my youtube list i said fuck it and like they talk about just the popular songs which i i kind of didn't like because back in black has bangers from oh it's front the to front back. to back yeah yeah um but they did go back and talk about some of the bond scott ones mm -hmm. um like um if you want blood cod mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah um which are fucking great fucking songs. Um, it's not a bad Bon Scott song, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Deeds had some really hidden tracks that are really good. Oh, yeah. High Voltage. Been listening to that a lot, listening yeah. that a lot last night on the way home from uh, the um, Tuck Show. But if you like ACDC, like most people do, it's a good documentary to learn about Bon Scott and 
how they got out of Ace, how ACDC got rid of their literal singer mm-hmm. and then got Bon Scott and then Bon Scott dies and then got Brian Johnson. And like just looking at the seeing the whole like look of them in the beginning is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Because you could have been like, yeah, that's a glam metal band. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like in the early days, uh, I can't remember the original lead singer's name, but he had this glam metal look to him. It's like Dave Evans or something like yeah. that. I couldn't but, be wrong. Um, it was it was a really good documentary. I'll turn you on to after the show. And I'm, but oh, no, nah, yeah. man, I'm just listening to that seventies acid metal type fucking shit. That's been my shit lately too. <laughs> no, uh, as Cap mentioned earlier, uh, at the point of recording this, we've been batching a couple of these episodes because I've been wanting to get something good for you on a regular schedule again. So I've been doing a handful of these back to back. But um, uh, as he mentioned, uh, getting back from the Tuck show last night, um, this past weekend, uh, ran out with him, went to Atlanta. Uh, they were playing a show with Starbenders. How was it? And uh, dude, really fucking great. And uh, and then yesterday, at the point of recording this, uh, they did a show with Silver Tongue Devils at uh, Amos's, mm-hmm. and both were he just. Both both nights were just really fucking great. So kind of leading up to it, of course, I had to listen to some more Starbenders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I, I've thrown it out so many times on the show, but Love Potions, great record. Um, the I don't think I've talked about this, though. Uh, there's a version on Spotify called Zodiac Deluxe, uh, and it's a deluxe version of the record they released uh, this year uh, because, you know, pandemic stuff. So they just kind of dug in and, you know, d- did a couple little extra things. Is released Zodiac Killer? Uh, well, they they honestly do a lot of like Zodiac stuff with their imagery. So, okay. yes and no. <laughs> they, uh, it's it's more it. witchy Zodiac. Didn't they just find that motherfucker? Yeah, supposedly, supposedly. Yeah. Well, it feels like a that murder show coming on yep. here soon. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, uh, there was a couple new tracks, couple acoustic tracks. Uh, but there was a Japanese only bonus track that they included because uh, honestly they have a really oh, big no, follow- Tokyo <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they honestly have a really big following in Japan because Japan likes this kind of music they play a lot yeah Japan's got a lot of subcultures yeah, yeah. and it, so uh, they saved a song for that CD version but it's finally on Spotify and it's called True Love and it is just really fucking good heavy guitar riff really good vocals from Kimmy great uh, drums from um, uh, Emily just everyone's fucking killed it uh, so yeah not not gonna harp on that record too much more. I've already said my other favorite songs from the record. Listen so. to it, guys. Just give it a listen. Plus, there are really awesome people. Finally, got to hang out and chat with them over the weekend. So yeah, can finally say that I really like them as like people and shit. So yeah, that was that was a fun little gig. That's sweet. Yes, yes. So not that much more to really kind of cover. I guess I need sort of housekeeping. As you saw from a couple weeks ago, we've released that new single. Long, uh, not long way to go. Jesus Christ, what Something's fucking year give. is it? What year? <laughs> is this god <laughs> something's gotta give is fucking right yeah something's gotta give is now on spotify the second of three singles we've recorded down in atlanta with dan dixon uh we'll eventually get that third one out probably at the start of the year Just kick cool. the year off the right way i've i've got set the tone yeah yeah i think that, i think that feels about no right. one cares about your dead industry motherfuckers <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> and uh hopefully in an episode or two, we'll finally have uh, results from the Queen City Nerve Best of the Nest results to you, see if we won. You better have voted for us, guys. I wonder if they're going to show brackets of like second and third, because if we didn't win, I'd be curious to see where we placed, though. Watch them not even like show anything. They just This has all been a big tease. <laughs> no, they do it every year, uh, but it'll, the, the information will be out, I think, uh, the start of December. So okay. like, while we're still recording, this is still mid-November, so we still don't have the information yet. 
But yeah, on that note, I guess, Chris, thank you so much again for sitting in and having anytime, fun with us. Anytime to get real with you. It's oh, great. Yeah. oh, yeah. I love getting so real. so much fucking worse if I had another hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess maybe as a little tease, uh, people are going to be hearing a lot more of you coming up next year. Oh, yeah. My conspiracy podcast drops. I don't know. I, I guess I need to be a little biased and say I feel like it's a little better than that and it's already been crowd tested. Oh, Let's yeah. say it's been crowd tested for about, what, two years now? Yeah. And it's like really gotten strong. So, yeah, maybe a little tease of something to come from the network come next year. So, because I, I kept going, I was like, I don't want to talk about it much, not until it gets closer to time, but holy fuck it's already november it is almost next it. year so yeah guys so yeah, uh, time so, yeah so i guess it is the time because we've been discussing it for like the last two months it feels like so mm-hmm. yeah a lot of ebbs and flows in those two years a lot yep. yeah a lot of a lot a lot of shit's going down so get excited guys the network's going to be doing some big shit coming next All year it's going to be fun it's going to be fun cap do you have a fucking outro for us time isn't real it's a made-up human construct man that's like a, i know it's just like uh i'm just, i just trailed off there fuck <laughs> You redneck motherfucker. I hit the you wall tried with so that. hard to be a hardcore intellectual and then you just went err. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> is, a, like, Tom is a construct cap. You are the third side of the coin, man. The government is watching. Burn your books because it's the only way to get real heat. But schedules Let are real. literature die. <laughs> it's a lie. That's why it's literature. Literature. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month. At patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.